I've probably only seen it maybe five times in my life. I've only watched it. <laughs> it's so hard to watch. But I've only seen it 27 best, times. And she's never seen Goodfellas. Welcome to Pulp Fiction, the top five edition of our podcast. This week on Pulp Fiction, we are going to count down our top five favorite dinner scenes these are scenes set over a dinner table and i am brandon rabar joined as always by jacob crisip and rachel jameson as always on top five we kind of have stipulations sometimes we do sometimes we don't for me my only stipulation this week was i personally didn't do any scenes that are in like public restaurants that was my idea i like all mine are kind of traditional at home dinner scenes that doesn't mean you guys have to do that. That was the only kind of way I differentiated. Uh, this is an honor, by the way. It seems so random, but we reviewed The Invitation, a horror movie that's been picking up a lot of steam on our mother podcast, <laughs> sister podcast, uh, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and uh, so in honor of that movie, it's set at dinner. We decided to do our top five favorite dinner scenes. Jacob, Rachel, would you guys... Oh, once you text what you text, I thought it made a lot of sense. So I also left my, you know, any restaurant scenes out of it because we'll do a, we'll probably do another list of restaurant scenes and there's some great ones out there we did a lot of i did a lot of research i'm assuming y'all did too and there are plenty of movies to go around plenty of scenes to go around so I'm, I'm sticking just to home scenes okay so you're now rachel are you sticking to home scenes or are you doing some restaurants i didn't i mean uh, that wasn't part of my stipulation all of my five actually take place at home but i didn't my only stipulation is that they had to be eating like it couldn't just be understood that they were at dinner, even if they were at a restaurant or something like or that. Or being had served to, That or had something. to be the thing. Like, very obvious, this is set over dinner. That's the setting of this scene. Well, what kind However, of restaurants do you go to? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like... Milk bars? I, I, I'll use <laughs> yeah. this as an example, because I'm sure neither one of you do it. Like, Anchorman... They were at the jazz club, which technically they were supposed to go get dinner, but we never see them eating. Aqualung. Right. So, <laughs> so to me, that didn't count because it wasn't dinner. They were getting drinks at that point. So right. I didn't count something like that. But it doesn't really matter because all of my ended up being at home anyway. So. There are some great – it's amazing how many great dinner scenes there are, whether it be at home or at restaurants. I mean, pretty much any Tarantino movie would qualify. I mean, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction – uh, at restaurants, so we will maybe do that at some point. Uh, now, Jacob, you said that you, uh, as you were doing some research, you found out um, kind of a study on dinner scenes. Yeah, there is a one. I don't know if he's a teacher or whatnot, but he just there's a, there's on YouTube there's a, one of the searches I found where the importance of dinner scenes in in film, and that's because you can take any movie, whether it's sci-fi, horror, action. And you may not be able to identify with those characters and say their special abilities. But what everyone has in common is that everyone sits down at a dinner table. Everyone eats food and they, sleep, they become more humanized. Uh, and if you just think about any of your interactions whenever you eat. It's usually a casual conversation. And so it's a good place to add like a dynamic part of the scene. Whether it's an awkward part or uh, say someone you know, loses their cool and a you know, fight breaks out or you know whatever, it's a good place where usually you associate with a calm setting and to just kind of you know takes a nice little twist on it. I, I thought there's a lot more to it than that, but I mean it made some really good points because we all can identify with sitting down and eating dinner. Right. 
This is going to be a fun one. Inspired by The Invitation, which takes place at a dinner party, here are Pulp Fiction's top five favorite dinner scenes and movies of all time. Jacob, you're number five. Yeah, There are a couple asterisks next to mine, but they are still dinner settings. So my number five is 1979's Ridley Scott's Alien. Oh, yeah. One of the most classic scenes all time as far as sci-fi goes, it is the the chest popping scene where basically you have John Hurt who has been, had a face hugger on his face for, you know, a day. Right. You know, they're all nervous. They don't know what's going to happen to him. He finally wakes up and he seems to be fine. And so they're going to go out about their regular business and they all sit down at dinner and they're just chatting and eating and laughing. And all of a sudden, you know... John Hurt slowly stands up and he starts kind of gagging, coughing, and everyone's yeah. like, like, oh, what's happening? And then goes into the holy crap moment, and yeah. which would, again becomes, I think, a very, very iconic scene in films yes. where you had the chest bursting scene and that alien just pops out. And I don't mean, I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, but... <laughs> if you don't know that by now, now. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, again, that's a good place, like I said, where you have a nice little twist on dinner. You know, here you are enjoying your enjoying yourself, yeah. and the next thing you know, you have blood being spurred everywhere. You know, if you think about the movie Alien, it's only got eight eight actors in it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's a pretty good role, especially when we talked. To, we did a list, a list a couple of weeks ago about underrated actors, and so you have actors like John Hurt, Tom Skerritt, Harry Dean Stanton. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's got a, a small role in it, uh, and so oh, Ian Holm. Uh, he's the uh, he plays Ash the uh, so all of them are kind of pitching in and one thing great thing about Alien too is that that's before we really knew Sig- Sigourney Weaver was going to be the we, we we didn't know who was going to come out alive in the first movie oh you know and then of course yeah we know that Sigourney Weaver goes on to do multiple she's like the face of the Alien franchise right. shoot she's the face of almost of a lot of sci-fi franchises now but you know when alien came out in 1979 everyone was neutral in this movie so mm-hmm. you know for 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 john hurt to go down first you didn't know what was going to happen and he was just the first of several others i'll say or first right. of many in that movie and his was the best the best death in that movie oh yeah um in the whole series and i think i've, I've talked to my mom about that before she just said no one had ever seen anything like that we, oh yeah you know it was it was unbelievable and and caught everyone by surprise. Oh, I imagine. That's a great... I did not even think I didn't of, either. That's, that's a good choice. Because when I think of that scene, I don't think of them having... But you're right. They were having dinner before that. Yeah. I didn't anything... Like, in my head, that's not what's happening. Because I can only think of the alien popping out of his chest. Good call. Not even thinking Good choice, of it. Jacob. Rachel, your number five favorite dinner scene of all time. Edward Scissorhands. Oh, yeah. yeah. I uh, really like Edward Scissorhands, obviously, but this scene kind of stands out because he's. This is the first time like uh, Diane Weiss' character is kind of taking him in as part of the family, and he sits down to dinner with her family. The rest of the family's not really sure what to think about him, and he's just such a sweet, quiet character that's never really been in this situation, and he's trying so hard to eat like normal, but yeah. obviously he has scissor hands. <laughs> he has scissor hands. Um, Weird. And so, <laughs> and so he's trying to, to pick up food, and it's just impossible, and it's sweet and sad yeah. and like... Isn't it, it like round food too? It is. It is. So he's trying to stab it. It hasn't. Yeah. He like tries to pick up a pea a couple times and almost gets it to his mouth and then it falls. You should see Rachel's yeah. hands right now. She's doing like raptor hands or t- tyrannosaur hands. She's doing like scissor hands. It's 
It's so sad, but they try so hard not to make him feel bad, and eventually right. he ends up finding out that he can butter bread. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, because he basically has knife hands, and so that's right. So he... and he and he mastered picking up that napkin and like cleaning off his face. So I don't know. It was a memorable scene in the movie just because it was sweet and sad all at the same time, and funny. It was funny, and I like that it changed perspectives. From showing the whole table to like showing his perspective and seeing the hands and how close he was getting it to his mouth before it would fall out, so you kind of felt like you were in his position. Yeah. So is it That's Di- a really good is choice. it Diane Weist or Diane Weist? I've always said Weist. Okay. I'm not sure if that's correct or not, but I've always said Weist. One cool thing about that scene I like is that you have Diana Weist or Weist and Alan Arkin really just kind of having casual, normal conversation. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of Alan Arkin. Yeah. And, you know, he's, his presence usually, because he, he seems so lighthearted. And, yeah. And, uh, like, a, you know, well, just a nice guy, especially dad in this movie. And so for him to be like, so, Edward, so you just up in that house all by yourself? Yeah. I mean, just, you know, you have, you have uh, you know, Johnny Depp trying to sit there and do what he's doing. It just... It just it was so abnormal because they were having a normal dinner with yeah. this strange guest. Yeah. Yep. That's a good choice. That's I actually really didn't think this. about that one. I did a lot of research. Like you just type in dinner party scene on YouTube. Yeah. I mean I did like five or six pages worth and it's crazy what you come up with. Yeah. yeah. And actually what you don't I mean there's yeah. there's so many dinner scenes out there that you don't realize. Yep. Yeah. Uh that's a really good choice. And sweet and sad is exactly how I describe it. It's it's really memorable. And funny. Yeah. My number five favorite dinner scene in a movie is from American History X. That's totally different than Edward Scissorhands scene. <laughs> That's like the complete opposite of that. Um, I don't now. There's two memorable dinner scenes from American History X. I will quickly mention the one I'm not going to talk about. You go into. Uh, I'll I'm talk about talk the one about I'm, I'm not going to talk about. The, the one I'm not going to talk about is it goes. It's a flashback. Uh, where you kind of see where some of the roots of racism were planted in Edward Norton, where his dad's talking about affirmative action. That's the only one I can think about is that scene, which is a pretty cool scene. It is a cool scene. <laughs> Chick is really anti-affirmative action. Oh, so, well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just messing with it. I'm just messing with it. All right, so now are you going to uh, non-briefly talk about what you are going to talk yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, so the scene that I am talking about, though, is in the present day, and it's before, you know, Ed Norton turns at some point and becomes, you know, realizes the error of his ways. But we see him in kind of the the height of his racism, and he's it's with his family and his girlfriend. Uh, so his mom, dad, sister, Edward Furlong, who's his brother, uh, and and Ed Norton, and he's talking about basically blacks and how you know they're committing crimes against. Uh, each other and the 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 new boyfriend or whatever the mom's new boyfriend is like well you can't really say what there's white on white crime as well and so Ed Norton starts spitting out all these stats and figures and things like that and then the stepdad keeps coming back with other things that's you know so they're going back and forth and it becomes really really intense and you see Ed Forlong kind of like trying to like oh well my brother's kind of making some sense you know and he turns he becomes racist himself. And his girlfriend's like all about it. Okay, so it all comes to a head. It's really intense. And then the new boyfriend says something. The mom's new boyfriend says something to the effect of, well, I'm Jewish, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, would you say that about Jewish people? And that's where, like, he uncovers the fact that he has a swastika under his shirt. And it's, like, super intense. It was crazy intense. 
dinner scene. It is one of the most intense dinner scenes, and it's one of the first ones I thought of as well. It's an honorable mention for me, but that's a fantastic scene. The irony is that most of the stores that were destroyed during the riots were owned by black people. That's stupid, though. I mean, why trash your own neighborhood? Well, that's my point. It's an irrational act. It's like an expression of rage by people who feel neglected and turned away by the system. Exactly. I mean, it's like we had in Watts or the riots in Chicago in 68. That's crap. I don't buy that for a minute. Calling a riot an irrational expression of rage, that's such a cop-out. It's opportunism at its worst. It's a bunch of people grabbing any excuse they can find to go and loot a store. Nothing more. You know, the fact that these people ripped off the stores in their own communities, all that reflects is the degree to which these people have absolutely no respect for the law at all, and certainly no concept of, like, community or, or civic responsibility. Wait a minute. White people commit crimes against white people, too. Yeah, but they're not offing each other in record numbers all over America. Look at the statistics, for Christ's sakes. It's one in every three black males is in some phase of the correctional system. Is that a coincidence, or do these people have, you know, like a racial commitment to crime? <laughs> Not only that, they're proud of it. Well, maybe it says something about prejudice in the judicial system. Yeah, if you want to talk about criminal statistics, you might want to take a look at the social inequalities that produce them. Yap, yap. You know what? That's exactly what I hate. Because what you're doing, Davina, is taking one thing and calling it something else and just, you know, alleviating the responsibility that these people have for their own actions. You know, it's like saying, it's not a riot, it's rage. It's not crime, it's poverty. It's, it's just nonsense. It's a really, really well-acted scene. It's a well-written scene. And it's it's good because obviously what Ed Norton's saying is like he's wrong, fundamentally wrong. But the writers gave him enough to like work with to where – and he speaks intelligently on it to where right. it makes it sound like he has a case. Now we as the audience members are all on – excuse me, mom's boyfriend's side, like shut up racist. But they don't – you know, a lot of racists don't make sound stupid. Right. And, and that's not Ed Norton in this movie. Right. And so it's kind of these two opposing forces, and the script has written them both really well to where they both have a good argument. And it's really well played, and then the climax of him showing the Swatsuko is crazy intense. Yeah, good movie. That was yeah. Edward Norton's second movie of his amazing run in the late 90s. Yeah, isn't that? Yeah, right after Primal Fear. That's a great one, too. And, then, and then I'm pretty sure it was Fight Club. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it was in 99. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jacob, your number four favorite dinner scene in a movie of all time. I love my number four. I mean, but I love the other ones I have ahead of it. It is uh, Hook. The uh, Peter Pan scene. With the Lost Boys. With the Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. So it's Steven Spielberg's you know, 1991 Hook. Yeah. Where, and what I love so much about this is that you know, it's all about the imagination. The, the whole movie is based around your imagination and that sort of thing. So you've got Robin Williams sitting at a dinner table and he's starved. He's been working all day long. And up to this point in the movie, he's been nothing but a boring, bad father. I don't know, angry, annoyed, uh, just a crabby old man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's finally at Neverland and they're working him really hard to try and, you know, just get back into shape. And so he finally sits down for dinner and you have this really cool scene where it's like, it looks like they're working hard in the kitchen. And you got steam everywhere coming out and, uh, you know, they put it on the table and they take off the lids and there's nothing on anything. There's no yeah. food in any pot. There's no food on any plate. And it's like, hey, everyone, let's say grace. And all the kids just shout, grace! And they just <laughs> dig in. And Robin Williams, and they're digging into nothing. And Robin yeah. Williams is just like, what? <laughs> and so, you know, you have all these kids are eating, you know, air. You know, they're using their imagination. They're eating. And, 
And, uh, you know, he's looking at Rufio. He's eating. You have, you have a thud butt across him who looks like he's about to bite into a big old hamburger. And, and like, and Robin Williams is, like, almost salivating, but there's no food, so he can't use his imagination. And somewhere in there, Rufio, played by Dante Bosco, just kind of starts hazing him, starts calling him out, and they get into a name-calling contest. And actually, one point in particular about that is when uh, – uh, you know, because Robin Williams is gradually getting better about like calling him names in this like this kind of uh, stare off. But he calls him a substitute math teacher, <laughs> and, and one of the kids goes, "Come on, Rufio, hit him back!" <laughs> like it's the worst. That is awesome. <laughs> Someone has a severe caca mouth. Do you know that? You are a fart factory, slug slime sack of rat guts and cat vomit cheesy scab picked pimple squeezing finger bandage a week old maggot burger with everything on it and flies on the side substitute chemistry teacher come on Rubio, hit him back mong tongue math tutor pinhead Prison barber. Mother lover. Nearsighted gynecologist. In your face, camel cake. In your rear, cow derriere. Lion, crying, spying, prying, ultra pig. You lewd, crude, rude, bag of pre chewed food, dude. If I'm a maggot burger, why don't you just eat me? You two-toned, zebra-headed, slime-coated, pimple-farming, paramecium brain, munching on your own mucus, suffering from Peter Pan envy. What's a paramecium brain? I'll tell you what a paramecium is. That's a paramecium. It's a one-celled critter with no brain that can't fly. Don't mess with me, man. I'm a lawyer. But ultimately what happens is, like, you know, Robin Williams turns into Robin Williams, fast-paced, fast dialogue, like totally shuts Rufio down, and everyone's like, you know, bangering Peter, and you just see this like cool shot of Robin Williams taking his spoon, scooping out an empty bowl of nothing, mm-hmm. and he flicks it at him, and all of a sudden, you know, boom, food, yeah, and someone leans over like, you're doing it, Peter, you're using your imagination, and he looks at the table, and there's like a banquet of food on the table, That's awesome. and it yeah. turns into like an amazing that, and then you get into the food fight, it's a good, long, I don't know, five minute scene, it is a long scene. Um, but a lot of fun, and the whole thing, is, it's so crucial to the movie, because it shows that he's starting to think like a child again, use his imagination, and... You know, which is so, I think, crucial to Peter Pan, that whole story. Yeah. It, uh, just a cool scene. And when I came across it, I was like, oh, I love this scene. I laughed every time I watched it. So That's a great choice. I'm a big fan of Hook. I don't, it gets a lot of, a lot of bad rub from it does. critics. And it I does. Don't, I don't know why. I mean, sure, there, I guess there probably are some corny things about it, but I've always loved Hook. I thought it was a fun movie. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's because I was 11 when it came out, but it's always stuck with me. John Williams does the score. You know, yes, it's a Steven Spielberg movie, and I am partial, but Dustin Hoffman was a fun hook, and yeah. Robin Williams is Robin Williams, who was in his prime at the time. And there's a ton of talent in this. I mean, Dustin Hoffman, Robin Williams, obviously, which got Julie Roberts, Bob Hoskins, Maggie Smith. Uh, I mean, the the cast is stacked, and then of course you got Steven Spielberg, John Williams. I mean, there's a ton of talent in this movie. Yeah, I always like that movie. That's a good choice. I'd completely. That is a really forgot. good yeah. choice. Yeah. That was such a fun scene. Yeah. Rachel, your number four favorite dinner scene in a movie of all time. Surviving Christmas. <laughs> okay, here's the deal. Nice. We've talked about this movie before. And it was nice. it totally got panned from critics. Everybody hates it. I still think it's just because everybody hated Ben Affleck when this movie came out. But it's so funny and it's so good. 
So anyways, the setup for this movie is that Ben Affleck is kind of a rich advertising guy, and he has no family, and it's Christmas, and he's feeling alone, so he goes back to his childhood home and basically rents the family that's living there to act like his family. Like, he pays them off to recreate Christmas memories Mm -hmm. uh, from his childhood. So there's a scene where they're all sitting at the dinner table, and Ben Affleck's character has scripted out how this dinner scene is supposed to go. And the script is awful. It's like a very, uh, like, leave it to be very wholesome family scene. And he has everybody, he gives everybody scripts and the family goes through and begrudgingly reads the script, except for the mom who's kind of into it. It's really, really funny. I'm talking, okay? So what I've done is I went ahead and wrote a sequence so you guys can get a sense of, of what I'm going for here. And we're all going to read this aloud. I feel like I'm insane. And that's why you have no lines. Mom, I believe you go first. Okay. Oh, look at us. I sure hope you like the meal I so lovingly prepared for the people I love. She smiles at Todd. Oh. Have you acted? You've acted before. A little theater. Yeah, I can tell. I can see it. It comes out in your work. You were in Pippin in high school. You played wind. Tom, you have the next line. Uh, say thank you to your mother for all her hard work cooking this meal for us. Thank you. Oh, I don't work nearly as hard as you, dear. Yeah, well, that's true. Tom, let's stay on book, please. Brian, go ahead. Gee, Mom, I love you like the Dickens. Should we pray? Gee, Beave, do you think Wally's going to give you the business? Oh, there you are, Consuelo. Five waters for everyone, please. Gracias. The mom played by Catherine O'Hare, who very possibly could come back up in this list. Yes, she very. I'm (laughs) guessing she she probably might. She very well could. So, that's a great scene. Okay, let me. First off, I'm going to come in here and just throw a little bit of bad into it. It's 19 by the by the Metascore and. Just whatever. Okay, go no, ahead. No, I, I told yeah. you, it, like, yeah, no, it, none of the critics liked it's it. It's so fun. It's a movie that came <laughs> out during the whole Benefer thing, and I really think that was a reason why it got so panned, because critics hated it. But every single, I swear to you, every single person I've had watch this movie loves this movie. I've never seen somebody watch this movie and not like it. Uh, and that scene is hilarious. That is a great, I don't care. You and me may be the only two people who hear this podcast, who believe that. I will but, fight for people to start watching Surviving Christmas because I watch it every year, and I love it, and it's one of my favorite Christmas movies. Ben Affleck's script for the dinner scene is so funny. It's and so Catherine and O'Hara keep like, breaking breaking character by reading the emotions yes. accidentally. Doodal, she smiles at it, husband. Yeah. Oh, like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Doodah walking in. Who's Doodah? Howdy ho! Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a great it's, scene. I'll say it took me 35 years to watch It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> so so uh, when you're 70, you'll watch Surviving Christmas. It might take another 35. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and that scene is great. I don't yeah. care what anybody no, says. that's a great choice. I'm, I'm really happy with that choice. Thank you. Well, um... The last few that you guys said were Everett Scissorhands, Hook, and Surviving Christmas, all sweet, funny, light and, movies. And, and then alien. I said, and then I said, American History X. And now my number four favorite dinner scene of all time is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You're yeah. such a Debbie Downer, Brandon. 
But that is a fantastic. Have you seen Texas? Ch- okay, the original. Yeah, the original. Yeah. No. Right. Jacob's never seen the original Texas. He well, only likes to watch bad remakes. But I saw the remake. He saw the remake of Psycho, but not Psycho. He saw the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, oh but not Texas. Was the one Jessica Biel? Yeah. All right. Well, she was hot, so that's understandable. Okay. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Anyone who's seen it knows exactly what I'm talking about. It is by far. The nastiest, scariest dinner scene ever filmed. I mean, you can make an argument for Hannibal, which is, and I, I have a special list for worst dinner scene. Uh, you remember the sequel, Hannibal, yeah. where he cuts open a yeah. Andy Garcia's head and is like, I saw an image of it when a, I was doing search. Yeah, it's I, terrible. I heard about it's it and stupid. About it. I think it's stupid. It is stupid, and that's nasty. But this is horrifying. Okay, so they tied up tied up the main protagonist. All our friends had died at this point. It's towards the end of the movie. And, of course, we've already been introduced to Leatherface and all this stuff by now. But uh, they've captured Sally, our main character, and they bring her into dinner. And she's seen what's happened to all our friends and all those things. Okay, so the entire Texas Chainsaw, the, the killing family, uh, is all gathered around the dinner table at this point, And they wheel out the father figure who's this kind of like crippled old man who's like so freaky looking. The entire family's freaky. And you 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 first see it from the perspective, the point of view of Sally. So the entire family's looking at you, and it is so creepy. Leatherface is there at dinner. You don't know what they're going to be serving for dinner. And, and this old crippled father figure comes out. And you're like, are they going to feed Sally to her? What What is – to him, what is going on? And it's just horrifying. horrifying. It is a horrifying scene in the movie. So does something transpire that you're trying to not spoil for me? Because I'll tell you right now, I'm probably never going to watch it. Yeah, I don't really want to – it would give – right, don't you think? I mean, it's it's up to you. If you haven't seen Texas Chainsaw but Massacre by now, Jacob, then I'm that's kind of on it. you. No, you, it's it's a pioneering, iconic horror movie. Texas Chainsaw Massacre as a movie, period, is probably the most disturbing horror movie I've ever watched because it it feels too real. The way it's shot, it's almost like a documentary. Yep. Like it's so it does grainy. Feel like a documentary. It's so grainy. There was so low budget that they couldn't really afford much. So everything is practical, and it makes it that much sicker and real looking. It's really disturbing. For so go watch it. Hor- <laughs> for all the horrifying things in that movie, the dinner scene may be the most horrifying and intense of all of them. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. I won't tell you what happens to Sally, whether she escapes or not. But it's it's the pivotal. It's kind of the climax of the movie. So I don't really want to give it away. Fair enough. Um, but it's it's just trust me. It's. It's on my list because it's the scariest dinner scene. It's an honorable mention for me, but as far as a favorite, like, ooh, it, it would probably be my number six. Yeah. Jacob. Yes. Do you have any desire to watch it? No. Zero. <laughs> I mean, it's got great reviews. I mean, oh, it is. It's a well-respected. Yeah, it's zero. But it's, he'll just stick to the remake with Jessica Biel instead. <laughs> it's it's hard to watch. It's, it is. It's very hard to watch. I've probably only seen it maybe five times in my life. I've only watched it. <laughs> it's so hard to watch. But I've only seen it twenty-seven best, times. And she's never seen Goodfellas. Yeah. yeah, it's one of the best horror movies ever made. And half of those I can credit the half of those beings I credit to Jacob because it was one of his or uh, Caleb because it was yeah. one of 
his favorite yeah. movies. So it, it it's I've only watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre twice because it's too hard for me to watch. I love it, but I can't watch it. Yep. Uh, Jacob, your number three favorite dinner scene of all time. <laughs> He's still disturbed um, just from looking at the images. I'm bothered by it. Yeah, just, just from watching the images. Just looking least. at the pictures yeah. while you were talking about it, I yeah. want nothing to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> My number three movie is The Wedding Crashers. Nice. That's good. I knew scene. that. The, I thought that it would be on your list, like because I saw it when I was doing research. I was like, that'll be on Jacob's list. I think. Well, I mean, I'm a I'm a big Vince Vaughn fan. Right. Going back to Swingers, and he had a bad run after that in the, in the late '90s, but he yeah. kind of rebounded in old school, and I think even better in Wedding Crashers. And there's a lot to like about Wedding Crashers. Yeah, there is. Uh, I think it's one of the best comedies in the last 15 years. Oh um, yeah, and it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So yeah, it, so it stars uh, Vince Vaughn <laughs> and uh, Owen Wilson. And so this is the scene where basically they just got back to the house and they're having dinner with Christopher Walken and his entire family. So you have Claire, played by Rachel McAdams, sitting across the table. You have Isla, uh, Isla Fisher sitting next to Vince Vaughn because they just got through kind of flirting and whatever happened at the wedding party. Uh, but, you know, Christopher Walken leans over, looks over at Vince Vaughn and just says, Jeffrey, you know, you had great dance moves. And you can see Vince Vaughn kind of start to stutter. He kind of leans over and talks to her. And then the camera just shows... <laughs> Isla Fisher just slip her hand down and start jerking him off through his pants. And the whole scene revolves around other people. Like, Owen Wilson catches it immediately. No one else does. And the whole scene revolves around, revolves around Vince Vaughn getting jerked off while everyone's having a conversation at the dinner table. And Vince Vaughn's face is classic because he's relieved. He's he's happy, but he's... In, but he's Trying to hold back, and he's and when he's kind of like hitting the table, like it's so good, uh, you know. <laughs> like when he basically blows his wad. I mean, there's just some really fun stuff in there. Actually, what happens after that too? There's uh, some more funny, you know, kind of funny moments where you have like the, the brother Todd, you know, and the grandma played by Ellen Albertini Dow, who you might also know her from uh, the Wedding Singer and a sister act. You know, she has a kind of a fun little moments in there where she's kind of being racist, old granny. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they're kind of getting on the Todd and his weird, you know, personality. And here he just says, fine, I'll get up. I'm just go paint homo things. And he looks right at Vince Vaughn <laughs> as if, like, he understands. And Vince is like, what are you looking at me for? <laughs> but, but again, the whole scene goes back to Isla Fisher and Vince Vaughn. That was classic. I yes. loved it. <laughs> That's a great, great choice. I, now, the, the other two I didn't see coming. But that one I thought would be on somebody's list because it's it's <laughs> – it's one of the first ones I thought of. I'll say that. It is hilarious. It's one of the funniest, I think. Uh, Rachel, your number three favorite dinner scene of all time. Meet the parents. There you go. It gave us, I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? <laughs> so, that was an awesome scene. I feel like that's all you need to know about that scene, really. But it's just such an awkward, funny scene in the middle of what I thought was actually pretty good comedy. Um, yeah, very good comedy. Oh, yeah, the ben, first Meet the Parents yeah. was hilarious. Ben Stiller is just so awkward and trying to impress uh, Robert, De Niro. Robert De Niro and just failing. Every try is a fail. Ben Stiller's caught in a lie with Robert De Niro in that he said he worked on a farm, and so Robert De Niro's like kind of doing what he does, CIA, and asking all his mm-hmm. questions, and so he's trying to backtrack, and he's like, well, actually, and that's how it leads down that road. Of course, what happens shortly after that is what did he say when when the mom says, "Huh, I didn't know you could milk a cat." And he goes, "Yeah, you, you can milk anything with nipples." And, <laughs> and uh, Terry Polo's face is who, who's Pam, who plays his fiance, is, is perfect. She just slowly closes her eyes, like, "Oh no." <laughs> 
Which one did you milk then? Dad. Honey, he said he pumped milk. What have you ever milked? Cat. A cat? I milked a cat once. You want to hear a story? Sure. My sister had a cat, and the cat birthed a litter of kittens. Must have been 30 of them. And there was this one little runt, this little sweet little little engine that could run, who could, you know, wanted to get up there and couldn't really get access to the, to the, to the, to the, to the uh, teat. Teat? Dad. What have you. I went in and just simply, you know, just into a little saucer and uh, then took the saucer and fed it to Geppetto. That's what I named him, Geppetto. I, I had no idea you could milk a cat. Oh, yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Okay, can we change the subject, perhaps? Shortly after that is where Ben Siller, I don't know if he, oh, he goes and gets some champagne. He goes into the kitchen, like, gets real angry, comes back in with a bottle of champagne. You know, as soon as, that's when Robert De Niro, because I just watched this earlier today. Did uh, you really? Oh, yeah. That's well, not the movie, the simple. scene. Oh, okay, the scene. okay. Because I remember earlier today I was thinking, I was like, isn't there like a weird scene in Meet the Parents? And, when I, and so I went and found it, and I was like, oh, yeah. So he walks back in the room, and Robert De Niro is talking about, Pam's sister, who just got engaged and where she got a ring, and it was basically Pam's ring that her fiancé had designed for her uh, when she was previously engaged. So he intentionally brings that up in front of Greg, and of course he pops that champagne cork right into the um, the urn on the mantle, knocks the urn off, Jinxie runs over, pees on the ashes. So it was a pretty funny scene, but it more so it's just, I thought the dialogue part was great. That movie... I did not like that movie the first time I saw it. I, I didn't. I didn't laugh. I didn't. I didn't. I just didn't get it. Really, I loved no, it the first it, I, first time. Actually, Step Brothers is the same thing, and I still have only seen Step Brother once. But it's one of those things where everyone keeps quoting it and quoting it and quoting it, and so I went back and I watched it, and I laughed some more, and I laughed some more, and now I just love it. I think it's a great movie. Uh, and See, I'm not big on Step I'm Brothers. I'm not either. I, I no, no, no. I'm them. talking about I'm talking about Meet the Parents. Right, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Meet the Parents. I I love. I, I think from it's the really really sharp. And I don't know what I was missing the first time I saw yeah. it. Yeah. Good choice. My number three favorite dinner scene of all time comes from another Tim Burton movie, and you mentioned Catherine O'Hara earlier and <laughs> yeah. said that she'd probably be coming back up. It is, of course, Beetlejuice. <laughs> I intentionally let this off my list because I was hoping one of y'all would bring it up. I've mentioned Beetlejuice, I think, once before on our top five list. I can't remember what it was for. It's my favorite Tim Burton movie of all time. Michael Keaton's hilarious in it. But, of course, we all know what we're talking about. The Banana Boat song, Deo. Uh, it's at the end of the movie. It's the climax of the movie. It's where... not the end of the movie. It's the middle of the movie. Well, yeah, I guess it is the middle of the movie, isn't it? Yeah, middle. Okay. Because basically that's when the, they're kind of – they don't believe that there's ghosts in the house. Right, I mean, right. And, and Winona Ryder. She, right, Winona Ryder yeah. does. Yeah, And Ryder. so they have family or some guests over for dinner. Yes, that's and, right. Yeah, it is. And that's like the first time I think that Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin kind of interfere like that's what it uh, was. in a poltergeist kind of way. Yes. Okay. So yeah, they they get Catherine O'Hara and uh, – who else is at the dinner table? 
Well, the the, the dad who uh, Jeffrey is his first yeah. name Jeffrey, Jeffrey Jones. Jones. He's awesome in that. Yeah, he is awesome. So basically, they take over the mom, Winona Ryder's mom and dad, and their dinner guests. Otho's pretty good in too, um, played by Glenn Shaddix. Yes, and they just break out in the Deo Banana Boat song. There's really not much to describe here. Everybody knows what it is. It's iconic. Anytime you hear Deo now, it's it the will first be the thing. closing music to this podcast. <laughs> oh, I already planned that one. Nice. Out. Yeah. It's it's just an iconic scene. When you think of Beetlejuice, there's a couple things you think of, and that's one of the first things you think of. And then when you hear the Banana Boat song, you think of this scene. They go hand in hand now, and it's just hilarious. I mean, it is a hilarious scene, and the way that they all lip sync to the song right. and dance around and the moves. It's hilarious. Well, when you see their faces, especially Catherine O'Hara, hers is classic. She is. She, she's perfect. she's so good at improv. I mean, she is. She had such a great run in the '90s. I think you know because, yeah. between Home Alone, yeah. this I'm a big fan of hers. Whenever she's in um, all the uh, the the yes. Waiting for Guffman, uh, Christopher Guest movies, Christopher Guest movies. Yeah. She she's just so fun. So you can see their faces like they can't control their bodies, but even like they like they'll they they're all point their butts to the table and they start shaking it, but they're yeah. looking at their butts like I can't stop it. Yeah. It's, it's it's really cool how in sync they are. It's a yes. really cool synchronized scene. I think it's one of the best scenes in the movie. It really. is one of the best scenes I mean, in the movie. It's 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 just a great great scene. Yeah. Period. I think it's the one that like on this list that everybody that's listening like you can immediately picture in your head like they you can like see her face and like her pose yeah. like immediately uh, so good and you can hear the music jacob your number two favorite dinner scene in a movie of all time yeah strangely the first ones the first three that i have said i did not think of right away i had to do a little bit of research but i knew my number two my number one will be on my list my number two is et it was nothing like that, penis breath. <laughs> uh, so you have, it's it's about the third scene kind of in the movie. The movie opens up with E.T. being in the forest. I believe the second scene goes through the house where all the kids are playing, I think, Monopoly. And, of course, you know, E.T. goes into the shed out there. And, hey, Coyote's back, Mom. And I'm pretty sure the third scene is where it's just all the kids and and the mom eating at the dinner table. And they're talking about Halloween and that sort of thing. Uh, the mother's played by... Oh, D. Wallace. D. Wallace, thank you, because I wrote Drew Barrymore twice. <laughs> anyway, uh, because I think this scene's really crucial in that it establishes that single parent, recently divorced. It kind of tells you that these kids are, you know, they're, well, I guess they're dealing... It's like a real kind of situation. And that's what was so great about so many movies, I think, in the 80s, personally, is that sometimes it was really good about tapping into, I don't know, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm so partial to Spielberg because he does it in Jaws 2, you know, where you just take like our family unit and everyone has their flaws. Anyway, so they're talking about <laughs> they're talking about Halloween and where are you going to go? You can go as an elf or a leprechaun, you know, because he's talking about the goblin. But it was real, I swear. I mean, there yeah. are some, yeah. I mean, I think some quotable stuff in just this scene alone. And of course, you know, his older brother's just messing with him. He just stands up and he says, it was nothing like that, penis breath. <laughs> you know, and all the while you have Drew Barrymore just sitting there. It's a great, great scene. That and, is a great I mean, scene. even D. Wallace just laughs. And you almost wonder if it's a real reaction. It seems real. Like, it's it seems such like a genuine real, laugh. Yeah, it is. And uh, she's like, Elliot, sit down, and, yeah. you know, and and they they hash it out a little bit more, and he's like, "Hey, Dad would believe me." Well, why don't you call your dad and ask him? Well, he's in Mexico, and then you see like that kind of she gets upset, and you know, if you ever see it again, just walk away, and then she kind of walks off crying, and then it reach, then he gets chewed up by his brother again. Like it really does establish 
you know, not only is it just a funny scene, it establishes some important things of the characters. Right. But it was also really funny and a great dinner scene. What are you going as for Halloween? I'm not going to stupid Halloween. Why don't you go as a goblin? Shut up. It's not that we don't believe you, honey. Well, it was real, I swear. What are you going as, Gert? I'm going as a cowgirl. So, what else is here? Maybe it was an iguana. It was no iguana. Maybe a... Uh, you know how they say there are uh, alligators in the sewers? Alligators in the sewers. All we're trying to say is maybe you just probably imagined it. I it couldn't happened. have imagined it. Maybe it was a pervert or deformed kid or something. A deformed kid. Maybe uh, an elf or a leprechaun. It was nothing like that, penis breath. Elliot, <laughs> sit down. <clears throat> Dad would believe me. Maybe you ought to call your father and tell him about it. I can't. He's in Mexico with Sally. That that's a I didn't think of that. I didn't either. think of BT at all, but that's a good one. Jacobs is full of surprises. I know. So far. I like it. Wedding Crashers is the only one I saw coming. Rachel, your number two favorite dinner scene of all time. This is another movie that probably most people haven't seen, but they they definitely should see this. It's a movie called We Are What We Are. Yeah, another horror movie. Yep. This Man. is a good one. This is an indie horror this is, movie. This is trying to be a very interesting list. I thought we'd have a lot of crossover. This is a downer of a scene, guys. <laughs> <laughs> much like Brandon's scenes have been. But I, I don't want to say too much about this movie because a lot of it uh, is just trying to figure out what is going on. And you know something's off, but you're not quite sure what's so off about this family. So I don't, I don't want to give away what's going on because that's what makes this movie so good. But it's the last scene and almost the last scene in the movie uh is a very intense dinner scene it, it's it's i am not sure what to say about it other than if you like horror movies you should really see we are what we are it's one of the most shocking like when it happens well here should we just say it it's read, so read, indie read what, read what the movie's about because i don't have a clue what y'all are talking about <laughs> Do you want me to hear you? Go ahead. The Parkers, a reclusive family who follow ancient customs, find their secret existence threatened as a torrential downpour moves into their area, forcing daughters Iris and Rose to assume responsibilities beyond those of a typical family. That is, that's true, but that's it's not very what vague. The Look about, at really. this. The this does not surprise me at all. Uh, apparently, general audiences don't like it all that much. As Shown by the 5.8 on IMDb, but the Metacritics give it a 71, which is really high for a Metacritic, especially horror. And then Rotten Tomatoes, it's in the 80s or 90s. So critics really, really... five on Rotten Tomatoes. Critics really, really like this movie, and I don't think the audiences knew what the hell to do with this movie. Understandably. <laughs> it, yeah. It's a very uncomfortable, awkward, intense, kind of gross it's it's kind of a slow build as far as the horror goes. It is, but the payoff. it's not it's not like boring like the imitation is, but it is a slow burn as far as like the actual horror elements go. Right. But the payoff is it's really twisted. Good. It's twisted. The dinner and good. scene. Let's just say what they Talk a little bit about it. Yeah. What they eat is is pretty nasty at dinner. <laughs> what they decide to 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 eat at dinner is. Well, yes, yes, what they ultimately decide to eat at dinner is very disgusting. Yeah. They don't actually end up eating it. 
what they are served at dinner is yeah. very disgusting, and then they what they end up eating instead of dinner yes. is very disgusting. <laughs> yes, this all makes no sense unless you've seen We Are What We Are, but it's on Netflix. If you like horrors, I feel like you really should watch it. It was one of we like I said, we watch a lot of horror movies. This was one of my favorites that we've watched. It was really, really good. I will not be watching this movie. <laughs> we'll tell you what it's about later, Jacob. Okay. But I don't want to ruin it for anybody yeah, you listening. Can just it for me off air. just watch it. It was really good. Uh, it was actually the first thing that I thought of when we mentioned dinner scenes. Oh, was it? It was my number one thought. Because, really? Because it stuck in my mind that much. Wow. How disturbing that dinner scene was. And kind of unexpected. Yeah. So, there's Good that. Choice. It's not really I, helpful I, I, no, I didn't, I didn't think of that at all, but that's a really... You totally really, remember the oh, scene. Oh, yeah. Though. As soon as you said it, I was like, oh my gosh, that's right. Yeah, it's it's nasty. My number two favorite, Jacob's going to give me crap, that's fine. My wait, 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 I got it. Sin of a Woman, Al Pacino. <laughs> Nailed it. Boom. Nailed it. <laughs> it is absolutely, this was the very first one I thought of. Like, bar none, when I think of dinner scenes, actually when I suggested to the group that we do dinner scenes, uh, this was the first one. This was what was in my mind that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> if you've seen Sin of a Woman, you know what it was. It takes place at Thanksgiving. Al Pacino plays Lieutenant uh, Slade. He goes to his family's thanksgiving dinner okay so he's he sits himself at the head of the table like he always does apparently you know he acts like he doesn't know where he where he's going he sits himself at the head of the table and this becomes a really funny really intense really dramatic scene really quickly when his nephew thank you nephew played by bradley bradley whitford his name is randy in the movie um starts giving him crap basically uh, starts giving Al Pacino crap. To this point, Al Pacino is kind of a likable, unlikable, gruff. I mean, if you've seen Cinema One, you know what we're talking about. And he kind of ruffles some feathers just because he's so... He's got no filter, right? He's got no filter. That's yeah. the best way to say it. He yeah. just says what he's thinking. He's kind of crude. Yeah, he but offends not, a lot of people. He offends a lot. Yes. Yes, that's a great way of saying it. And so his nephew Randy kind of starts in on him. And so Al Pacino, of course, uh, Lieutenant Slade, kind of you know comes back to him, and he eventually says, "Actually, he's being pretty pleasant. He's kind of smiling, like yeah, yeah, yeah." Pacino was he got me written down, and yeah, yes, Pacino was really pretty pleasant to him, and Randy just keeps going at him, keeps going at him, and the family is telling like Randy, cool it, Randy, cool it, and Pacino finally goes back and says, "I sense some tension in your in your wife's voice." You, he works in the sugar company or whatever. He's like, you've been dealing with sugar so long, you forgot the taste of real honey. And so, <laughs> and so he's basically saying, and he says, uh, you need to go down on her. And he's like, what, what are you talking about, uncle? He's like, what I'm saying is you need to go down on her. And everybody's like, oh, wow. And like it gets really intense. But then his nephew takes it way farther and goes into how he lost his sight. In or out, what difference does it make? What kind of fucking lunatic juggles grenades. Vinny came out okay. And all Frank lost was his eyesight. You want to know the truth? You got a handle on that, do you, Randy? He was an asshole before. Hoo-ah! Now all he is is a blind asshole. Hoo-ah! Hey, God's a funny guy. God doth have a sense of humor. 
Maybe God thinks some people don't deserve to see. <sighs> you get the point, Jackie? His name is Charles. You can say that, can't you? Charles. Well, this is Randy. It's Ranger Choco. Teaching those second lieutenants. Colonel, it's a little pleasure. I bust your wind by. Colonel, I don't care what he said to me, right? Charles. Colonel, just let go, please. You hear this whole backstory to Pacino's character and how he became blind. And even though he's gruff and crude and has no filter, this is where you really start to feel a lot of sympathy for his character. Because you can see in Pacino's reactions how painful it is to hear and how unloving and uncaring Randy is about it. And it just hurts the whole family. And Pacino just loses it more and more. Like he just like loses his spirit as he hears the story and how little his nephew cares about him. But throughout this, he's telling the story to Chris O'Donnell's character. His name is Charles. And he keeps calling him things like Charlie Chucky. or Chucky. And, and Pacino warns him. He's like, uh, his name is Charles. You can call him Charlie, not Chucky. You've been warned or whatever. And then finally he gets to the end of the story. And he says he calls him Chucky one last time. And Pacino loses it, grabs him by the throat, puts him up against the wall. And it's really intense. And his Ranger Deathlock grip yes, on his throat. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's amazing. Anyways, and you know, the whole hoo-ha thing, you can say what you want about it because it's become this catchphrase or whatever. Uh, some people make fun of it. But in that moment, he uses that hoo-ha to kind of deflate himself. It's really, it's such a well-acted scene. It's such an intense scene. It's like the ultimate like family dinner, Thanksgiving gone bad. And you like kind of feel like if this is your family, like how terrible would that be? I love the scene. Yeah, uh, and also I'll add on to that because if you can't think of who Bradley Whitford is, he was also one of the two, oh, behind the, um, behind the wheels and Cabin of the Woods, you know, behind the, uh, yeah. the control board. Yeah. He had a big role in the West Wing. Yes. Uh, he was in a lot of uh, Billy Madison, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. he was. Uh, yeah. So he has a real – he's really good at being sarcastic. Yeah, really good at being sarc- witty. Yes. And he can be a jerk. He yeah, played he can, a jerk pretty well yes. with a smug look on his face. Yeah, so just imagine that character just basically giving you shit. Uh, you know, actually yeah. uh, a colonel, you know, having yeah. to listen to his, his punk, uh, you know, nephew just make him look bad in front of other people at a dinner yes. table. And that's why I was saying that, you know – Gino handles it really well, or the colonel handles it really well, and just kind yes. of go along with it. But then he just keeps disrespecting Charlie by calling him Chuck or Chucky. Right. And that was, you know, it was, it, it, it's a good watch. It's yeah. good dialogue. Yeah, the dialogue is great. I love how it's acted. It's really kind of my code number one. Cinnable Woman. Go watch it. Jacob, your number one favorite dinner scene of all time. I'm really curious if it's y'all's too because it's a it's the first one I thought of immediately. I think it's iconic. Uh, it's some of the best dialogue, honestly. Outside of the drama, the crazy drama situation, it's what I picture when I picture people eating dinner. It is American Beauty. I, so I, I, Kevin Spacey. Okay. It's on my honorable mentions, and it was one of the first ones I thought of, but I it didn't make my well, list. But it's not my number one. Okay, well, whatever. It's probably gonna be some <laughs> horror movie again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've said this before. I, I think Annette Bening was robbed of, of an Academy Award. That, she that was year. 
great. And this was probably one of her best scenes in the movie. Yes. Because what happens is that Thor Birch walks into dinner late. You've got Kevin Spacey uh, facing Annette Bening at the dinner table. And right where Thor Birch sits down and says, sorry, I'm late. She goes, hey, guess what your father did today? I was just discussing his day at work. Why don't you tell our daughter about it, honey? Janie, today I quit my job. <laughs> and then I told my boss to go fuck himself, and then I blackmailed him for almost $60,000 past the asparagus. Your father seems to think this kind of behavior is something to be proud of. And your mother seems to prefer that I go through life like a fucking prisoner while she keeps my dick in a mason jar under the sink. How dare you speak to me that way in front of her? And I marvel that you can be so contemptuous of me on the same day that you lose your job. I didn't lose it. It's not like, whoops, where'd my job go? I I quit. Someone passed the asparagus. Oh, 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 oh. And I want to thank you for putting me under the added pressure of being the sole breadwinner now. I already have a job. No, no. Don't give a second thought as to who's going to pay the mortgage. We'll just leave it all up to Carolyn. You mean you're going to take care of everything now, Carolyn? Yes, I don't mind. I really don't. You mean everything? You don't mind having the sole responsibility? Your husband feels he can just quit his job and you don't... Will someone please ask me the fucking asparagus? I'm not going to be a part of this. Shut up! I am sick and tired of being treated like I don't exist. You two do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, and I don't complain. All I want oh, is the same... Oh, you don't complain? Oh, please, excuse me. Excuse me. I must be psychotic then. If you don't complain, what is this? Yeah, let's, let's, let's bring in the laugh meter and see how loud it gets on that one. You don't complain. I'm guessing they've never seen him raise his, his voice before. They've never seen him be yeah. confrontational. And the look on both their faces of their father, who's lost his temper... Well, especially after throwing the plate against the wall, it's pretty classic. And and he just kind of says his piece, and, and that's when the Lord and Swell, you know, that kind of classic music is playing to us. And goes, and by the way, and I don't think I'm alone here. <laughs> now we're gonna do it on rotation. But it's it's a great scene to yeah. go along with a great movie. Yeah. And uh, Kevin Spacey so deserving of the award, and Annette Bening was completely robbed. Yeah. Uh, I I'm don't s- know who shoot beat her out. I can't. I know it was ninety nine. Ninety nine. But was I know a she year. was a, a heavy hitter. In she that was. Year. Was that? That wasn't the year that Julie Roberts won for Aaron Brockovich. Was no. That was. That no, was too Ellen, soon. That, that was Ellen yeah. Burstyn. Oh, uh, that's what it was. I knew that yeah. she robbed somebody more deserving. That's yeah. who it was. She did. I'm glad you <laughs> no, brought that did. up though, because we have not talked about American Beauty. I don't think on. I don't think we have. We, we've grazed over it a couple times. Yeah, but, but it's such a great it, movie, and I think we all love it. I know. Yeah, I, I love it to death, and there haven't been a lot of opportunities to talk about American yeah. Beauty. But there's so many. It, it, it's a, it's a really really good movie. I want to say it's kind of one of those perfect movies that don't come around too yeah. often, and a lot of that because it was Sam Mendes' his first movie out yeah. the gates, between a beautiful uh, score. Yeah. To go along with just uh, uh, dysfunctional people. Yeah. Uh, and really beautifully shot cinematography, you know, especially colors like red are a big deal in this. And just to go along with uh, great acting, it was a very complete script. It was. And Kevin Spacey, that was, he was on such a good run because oh. he had Usual Suspects, Seven, and American Beauty all back to back. And LA Confidential. And LA Confidential. Yeah. That was the other one. Yeah. Yeah. He was. That's, that was, I'm really glad you brought that up since it didn't make our list. That's too I can't good believe it. I was like, I was like, oh, cool, we're all gonna have the same yeah, one because yeah, no, <laughs> that's that's 
that's the quintessential when dinner. When you hear scene. my number one, you'll be like, oh, <laughs> duh. Yeah. Uh, Rachel. Well, I'm pretty sure I know it. Do you? Yeah, now I now I think I do. Now that I said we'll that. try and guess it again. Okay. Well, I thought about it earlier, and I was like, well, Brandon will probably bring it up. I'll wait. Uh, I thought yours might be just because of Spielberg and sci-fi. I thought it might be Close Encounters of the Third Kind, just the potato. Yeah, potato yeah, cool scene. scene. Yeah, that's funny. I actually didn't even think about that. Oh, really? I'm yeah. telling you, people, there's a lot of dinner there scenes. Is, there is so many. And once again, scenes. I got my list over here. I'm going to name yeah. some of them off. <laughs> Rachel, your number one favorite dinner scene of all time: uh, Christmas Vacation. That's a good I, one. I, I, honorable mention. I knew it. That was. I knew. There are so many good dinner your, scenes in Christmas movies that yeah, really. You could do your own list. It could be an entire movies. Christmas dinner well, scene. Because list. I thought of a Christmas story with yeah. mashed potatoes. That yes, was on Piggy, my honorable like Piggy. mention. Eat like, like a piggy. Yeah, eat yeah, like yeah. a piggy. School. Oh uh, yeah, and then I thought uh, that could make Home your list. Alone. Home Alone. Look what you did, you little jerk. The pizza. The cheese pizza thing. Yeah. Yeah. So Christmas dinner scenes are outstanding, but. I really love, I think that's one of the best scenes in Christmas Vacation is the dinner scene. It's my favorite scene in it's, Christmas Vacation. It starts probably. off with the senile grandma saying the prayer, which is actually the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> and and, uh, and Chevy cousin, Chase's. Cousin Eddie stands up and puts his hand over yeah. his heart. <laughs> Chevy Chase's reaction, his face reaction to that is hilarious. Daddy, don't do this. Before we begin, since this is Aunt Bethany's 80th Christmas, I think she should lead us in the saying of grace. Grace. Oh, great. Oh. What, dear? Grace. Grace. She passed away 30 years ago. They want you to say grace. The blessing. Hmm. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation with liberty and justice for all. Amen. 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 And then, of course, the whole dinner is awful. The, the turkey deflates as soon as he carves it. Um, it's just a little dry. <laughs> and then the, even even down to the sound effects of everybody trying to eat the turkey and it, like, crunching and everybody's still trying to eat it. And then they realize that, again, the grandma has made the jello mold but put cat food in it. <laughs> and Cousin Eddie's talking about how good it is. Um, and it uh, all the while, the... The dog is eating a bone out of the trash can and then, like, throws up under the table. The cat is chewing on the Christmas lights and it fries the cat. But it gives me uh, my maybe my favorite joke in all of Christmas Vacation. And that's when they're talking about... Uh, Clark says something about, oh, I saw on the news today that <laughs> Santa's sled was spotted over whatever. And Cousin Eddie says, you serious, Clark? Like... Totally buying it. You serious, Clark? Maybe my favorite joke in all of that movie. It cracks me up every single time. I lo- I love that dinner scene. I think it's so good. Yeah, it it's by far my that this are you serious, Clark? Is my favorite line moment of the end. That like you know because we've we argued about Christmas right. vacation because both Jacob and Rachel love Christmas vacation. So does Misty, my girl, my fiance. 
like her favorite Christmas movie. And I've kind of gotten some flack from all three of you because I think it's a little overrated. That said, I think that the dinner scene is hilarious and especially the U series. I like genuinely like wholeheartedly laugh at that scene. <laughs> I think so many people can moment. identify with Christmas dinners with their families. And of course you have this dysfunctional family again that makes it great. Good choice. Thanks. You serious, Mark? <laughs> I forgot that's, about that's, that. that. That one line is <laughs> by far my favorite. <laughs> the way he says it, and then Chevy chases his face after he says it. It is uh, a great reaction. Yeah. Maybe my favorite joke in the whole movie. <laughs> so good. <laughs> All right, so you said you wanted to guess my number one. You think you know it? I'm pretty sure it's Godfather 2. That is, exact- which is which I thought it's a really really good scene. It's an amazing scene. My number one dinner scene of all time is the very end of The Godfather Two because we have seen what well, we find out. Obviously, The Godfathers are my favorite movies of all time, one and two. And throughout one and two, we see this complete to me the greatest character arc in all the movies is Michael Corleone. The war hero had nothing to do with the mafia, the family business whatsoever. Upright citizen transforming to a mob boss. And not only a mob boss, but a mob boss who really loses his soul. And by the end of part two, his dad has died. His older brother, Sonny, has died. And then he's killed his brother, Fredo. And then so all this... Spoiler (laughs) alert! So all this has transpired... We've seen Michael completely transform in the very end of Godfather 2. They do a flashback to when Michael decided to go into the army, join the military. It was the last time they were all together before he went to go to the military. Yes, yes. And like the disappointment and Sonny and he's saying he's going to disappoint his dad and all those things. And Michael just doesn't care. He's excited about this. This is what he wants to do. It's completely different than everything else that the family has done. But he's going to go and forge his own path. And they all walk off and leave him alone because it's it's Vito's birthday. They're all going to you know wish him a happy birthday in the next room. And they all leave Michael alone. And he's there in solitude. And the last image is him alone because he's going to go off and, and do something honorable but you know everything that's transpired since then. So it's like this tragic – it adds to the tragedy seeing this in flashback form. And it really puts kind of the perfect cherry on top to what you've just seen in Godfather 1 and Godfather 2, which you know widely considered the greatest two movies of all time, arguably. And so to me, it's the ultimate dinner scene. I'd say, what do you think of the nerve of them chaps, huh? Them slanty-eyed bastards, huh? Dropping bombs in our own backyard on Pop's birthday, yeah. They didn't know it was Pop's birthday. They didn't know it was Pop's birthday. <laughs> well, we should have expected it after the oil embargo. What do you expect? Wow. Expect it or not, they got no right dropping bombs. What are you, a jack lover or something on their side? I understand 30,000 men enlisted this morning. Watch your saps. How are saps? Baby, come on, we don't have to talk about the war. Hey, B, you talk to Carl, all right? They're saps because they risk their lives for strangers. Oh, that's Pop talking. You're goddamn right that's Pop talking. They risk their lives for their country. Your country ain't your blood. You remember that. I don't feel that way. I don't feel that way. Well, if you don't feel like that, why don't you just quit college and go to go to join the Army? I did. I enlisted in the Marines. Mikey, why? Why didn't you come to us? What do you mean? I mean, Pop had to pull a lot of strings to get your deferment. I didn't ask for it. 
I didn't ask for a deferment. I didn't want it. You said it really well. Yeah. Thank you. Nailed Thank it. You. Yeah. I, you. I knew this was going to make your list. Otherwise, actually, it probably would have been on my list. But it's it's. I mean, it's just the perfect capper to to Godfather One and yeah. Godfather Two, yeah. and and it really just adds to the tragedy of of the story of Michael Corleone and the sadness and what could have been and what he wanted. Right. And it was, you know, he decided to go with his family to go with his dad and then ultimately we see that really it was for the worse if he would have continued on his own path it would have been better for him would have been better at least for fredo as well. <laughs> oh, fredo. <laughs> so my number one of all time is the godfather too so let's go to some honorable mentions here there should be some fun and i think we'll get some crossover now yeah this actually might take mentions. a little bit but there's some really good there's just some great dinners there really there are deserve to be mentioned i'll say this i think jacob feels the same way uh from what you're saying before this is one of the more fun lists i think it is like researching and trying to come up with because you're like whoa there's so many good ones it, and this is a lot of fun it was a pleasant surprise yeah so, Jacob, what are some of your honorable mentions? Well, some of the first ones I thought of, I definitely thought of Godfather 2. And actually, when I was doing my research, that didn't come up one time. Really? I was pretty shocked on that one. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, I immediately thought of Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. One thing that was cool about that scene was that Leonardo DiCaprio accidentally did cut his hand when he slams it on the table. I've read and so that. So, that's an improv. Yeah. It, that turned into an improv thing. But that's real blood and yeah. actually happened. Yeah. And, so and that that's was, where we see kind of like the worst of Leo in that movie. Right. Like how terrible he is. Basically. They just got busted, and Leo kind of comes in, and he you see the evil that comes out. Yeah, I wrote down. Oh, so also, actually, it's been off of good, of uh, Godfather, Goodfellas. Yes, so, oh, I had that. I had that as, okay. yeah. mentioned as well. So yeah, basically, Tommy's mother's house. They uh, got, that's, I was hoping that was one you choose. Yep, they got yeah. him in the house. Or are you thinking about the 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 prison? There could dinner? be the prison one. Yeah, but that's, but that's not at home. It's Tommy's. So. Yeah, and they go in there and they had dinner. With their, well, I don't know, a late night. Breakfast, who knows? Yeah, yeah it pretty much is. Yeah, uh, because after they killed the dude in the trunk. Yeah, and they're just laughing. Actually, what's funny is the exchange between De Niro and Joe Pesci, because <laughs> they're just messing with um, Ray Liotta. Yes. Uh, especially when they, the, mom, the mom picks up the painting and says, and they're like, hey, that looks like someone we know except not without the beard. And you see Ray Liotta's face like, uh. Actually, and they're joking there, too, about them talking about the steak being medium rare. Yes, Something yes. along those lines. And did you know that the mom is played by Martin oh, Scorsese? Scorsese. Mom. His mom. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's in actually a couple of his movies. I know she's yeah. in Casino. Yeah, and so, she's such a sweetheart. Like adding to all this, she's well a sweetheart. She's a pretty I mean, good she's, actress. She's pretty good actress. Yeah. yeah. This is well because it's kind of randomly on my list. So Black Mask came up, and I was like, you know, that is a really cool That's scene. That's a good call. So there's, Crap movie, there's a, a great couple scene. Yeah, no, movies really that came scene. out. Yeah, there's a couple of movies that came out last year that had some dinner scenes. Black Mask has a good one where he's request, where he's asking someone about their secret recipe. And the guy's like, no, no. And then he kind of kind of nudges him a little bit, and the guy finally gives in. And then Johnny Depp just lays into this character, as in like, what are you going to do if someone asks you about my business? You're yeah. just going to give it up that easily? Yeah. It's a really intense so scene. So good. And uh, actually, for another movie that came out last year, that's stop, and this is real quick, it's um, Love and Mercy, the uh, dinner yeah. scene where in Paul Dano, uh, you kind of hear the clicking of the forks, where when they're all just sitting there eating, and, That's and right. I remember sitting like going, "Man, there's excessive eating going That's on in the scenes," right. and then the forks like build up and build up and build up and just clink, 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 clink. Totally forgot about until that. he kind of finally loses his composure. So there's even two that came out last year. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to say a couple more, so I won't take all of y'all's. <laughs> uh, one in particular that I've really liked, almost made my list, was A Sleepless in Seattle. And really, it was an after-dinner scene. But it's kind of like when Tom Hanks, and he has his two friends over for dinner, and they're all sitting there talking about their, how his son Jonas went and called the radio. And the, the wife of his friend is just like, oh, it's just like that one movie. And she starts describing it, and then oh, she begins to cry. Right. And, and, and Jonas is like, what's wrong with her? And he's like, it's just a woman thing, you know, whatever. That's right. And he goes on to talk about the Dirty Dozen and how he throws a grenade in the hole. And then, <laughs> then his friend starts crying. He's like, oh, I just love that scene. It's a pretty, it's pretty fun. I never, classic. that's a good choice. I never um, thought of that. And one more I want to bring up, and before I let y'all go, um, I just... I knew there was a Japanese film out there about slurping, and I had to think about it. I was like, ah, Mr. Baseball starring Tom ha- uh, Selleck. Oh, Tom Selleck. So, oh, you did the mustache. <laughs> yeah. The so oh, Mr. Baseball starring yes. Tom Selleck where he goes to Japan. Yes. And basically he has now started dating his manager's daughter, who is like the PR person. And he's sitting there. So he goes over for dinner at their house. I don't know how long it's been since y'all seen this movie, or if ever, Rach. Nope. And so they're all slurping their noodles. And he's just kind of looking at all of them like, oh, my God, like, do y'all not realize how loud you're being? And she looks over and she says, oh, it's it's polite. It's 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 common to do that. Oh, my gosh. And so he like... just takes the biggest chunk of noodles and just... As, I mean, and they all just stop and stare. And he does it two times in that scene. And he goes on to do other things to insult them because he doesn't know any better. But at the same time, he's also kind of being a jerk because that's what he plays in this movie. This movie actually isn't that bad. Dude, that is like a total blast from the past. I completely forgot <laughs> about this movie. And you described that scene. It totally came back to I It's a really, thought of this it's movie a really funny scene. 20 years. Yeah. That is crazy. I actually just watched it a couple of years ago for the that's first time such since I was a great, kid. That's one of the best random choices we've ever <laughs> had on this podcast. That is so random, but I remember it completely now. I'm telling you, I found some, I found some random dinner that scenes. That was really good. I'll let y'all go. So I'll go ahead and see, really what, see what y'all miss. <laughs> Encino Man, I don't care what you say. This scene is, <laughs> the dinner scene is still funny to me, and my family still quotes it. There's... Basically, like, Brandon Fraser plays a caveman that gets uncovered. And so they bring him to the house. They tell the parents that he's exchange student from Estonia. So they put him at dinner. And, of course, he's doing cavemanish things. But there's, at some point, the dad asks Polly Shore's character, like, oh, hey, Stanley, how's your mom doing? And his response is, oh, she's really bummed. Can he pass the peas? <laughs> oh, and he's yeah. like so hot. Like it's. Good call. I still use that every once I in a while. Agree. Okay. Isn't there? And, isn't there a dinner scene in Son-in-Law also? Yes, there is. Speaking of Polly Shore, Thanks. good thing yeah. you ask me because I would know that, and I do. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of the specifics of it. Though. There's another joke that even my dad uses to this day at the dinner scene. Uh, Brandon Fraser catches a fly and then eats it, and then Polly Shore says, "Meat group." Uh, my dad still uses meat group. He says that all the time. So anyways, that's an honorable mention. Uh, there's a dinner scene in Blues Brothers, but it's in a restaurant. But that's the the women. What about the how much for the women? Uh, that joke yeah. takes place at dinner. Um, Shoot, I, I had Lars and the Real Girl on there, which is just a super awkward oh, dinner wh- scene. Oh, where he, he brings the blow-up doll to... Well, she's a real... She's like a plastic real doll. Oh, that's right. She's that's what it is. Doll. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but he brings her to dinner to introduce her as his girlfriend yes. to, to his friends. Have you seen Lars and the Real and Girl with Ryan Gosling? It's no. so awkward, and they're trying to be so nice to him. Yeah. It's just... It's so, it's so weird. awkward. Yeah. Um, Talladega Nights. I was. Yeah. I could not believe yeah. it hadn't been brought up yet. It's on my honorable. Had mentions. to get mentioned. I, yeah, I, I, that's, I, that's, I, I 
think it's just okay. I think there's some great scenes in it. The Mountain Dew line in particular. Uh, I yeah. mean, that's where we got the six pound, eight ounce, ounce baby, baby Jesus yeah. and all that. And like, I don't know Smoking about Smoking hot wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that scene was pretty good. Well, uh, jacked I, up a Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah. I had a Home Alone. I wanted to bring up the Nutty Professor. It's not one of my favorite scenes. That's one of the ones I a, thought of pretty quickly. Yeah, it was a, a pretty good, impressive yeah. scene where he was playing all the characters except for and, one. And was that Hercules? Hercules. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, I, I think I'm glad that's got brought up. one of the last good movies of Eddie Murphy. I agree. Uh, before it really kind of went downhill. Actually, a lot of that movie's pretty good. In that last scene or when he kind of loses it, that ruined that movie because that movie could have been pretty good. Yeah, and that's you know that's Eddie Murphy doing what he does is dressing up as multiple characters, yeah. just like say and coming that, to America. Yeah, and uh, that was a really kind of fun scene. Yeah, yeah. it's an iconic scene, really. The, uh, the clumps, enough. the clumps. Yes, yeah, the clumps. yeah. Um, I also had Mrs. Doubtfire. That ending scene where they're at dinner also takes place in a restaurant, but uh, when yeah. eventually that that's where they ultimately figure out that he's Robin Williams. Spoiler. <laughs> Kidding, that's not a spoiler. People should know that by now. And the last one I wanted to bring up was a little movie called Killer Joe. Oh my which was God. not oh, a great yes. movie by any means. But that oh, I actually scene, haven't seen it, but I've heard about the chicken wings or something like that. It's, it's, a, so, chicken, it's a drumstick. drumstick. It's so weird. It's, it, it made me feel really uncomfortable. It was one of my most uncomfortable watches, that particular scene. I've, I'll just say that... Um, one of the characters has to perform a pseudo blowjob on Matthew McConaughey's character, but it's he's just holding up a chick a drumstick where his dick should be and like, making her eat it. I like how you just say, "I'll just say," as if you're just going to give a slight clue to what it is, well, no, and I then you go wanna, into graphic detail, and like, then she slurps on his chicken dong. <laughs> but I didn't. I was actually like, well, she's really describing it. I didn't want to give away like what the movie was about. Is what I meant. That, by that's that. more I'm than what I knew it. about it. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that's what it is, people, and uh, it's really. Disturbing. Now I don't feel like I have to watch that movie now. That was the only reason you were going to watch I, it was I, for the chicken. I heard movie. about this chick, this, this drumstick scene. That's uh, it's but a, it's even it's super it's, awkward. It's, it's not only awkward. It's just like disturbing weirdly it sounds like it might be kind of funny it's not it's but disturbing. it's disturbing yeah. like it's it's like so demoralizing like dehumanizing and gross <laughs> i'll just say it goes I, did. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna describe the scene but not the movie shut it don't even care we are what we are so you could just might as well spoil that one now yeah. <laughs> killer joe is not a good movie i don't recommend you see it so it's, I don't care about ruining that entire scene for you because that was the only notable scene in that movie and it was super awkward. That's the first thing I always hear comes up. Um, my honorable mentions, quickly the ones that have been mentioned, A Christmas Story, Meet the Parents, American Beauty, Goodfellas, Home Alone, and Talladega Nights. Um, I also wanted to mention, though, August Osage County. Oh, uh, that's Meryl a dysfunctional Street. family. That's a completely dysfunctional family. And there's actually a lot of scenes that take place at a dinner table but there's one in particular where Meryl Streep just loses her her stuff and she I mean she just she's I mean, so she, mean in that movie she's mean that's the best way she's just a mean mean person and she just goes off and just like just cuts to the bone like her family members and she's pretty awful um, and there's a scene in there she, where she's really really wretched there's a lot you're right there's a lot of dinner scenes in that movie yeah there there really is I'll also want to mention Say Anything, uh, where John Cusack goes and meets um, his girlfriend's parents. Do you guys remember it? And it's the whole, he plays Lloyd Dobler, 
And the the dad, the girlfriend's dad, asks what he wants to do when he grows up, and he says, "I don't want to sell anything, buy anything, or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything, bought a process, or buy anything, sold a process, or process anything, sold, bought a process, or repair anything, sold, bought a process." Do you remember this? Is it just me? It's I a pretty iconic it. '80s movie. Well, I remember the movie, but I don't remember that scene. Okay, well, it's a pretty iconic scene too. Anyways, and then I actually wanted to mention Clockwork Orange, which was uh, brought up. In our other podcast <laughs> this week, spaghetti. but the spaghetti scene w- where he goes back to the uh, man whose wife he had raped, and he became he was in a wheelchair. Now he huh. goes back to his house, and the man serves him spaghetti and wine. But at this point, um, he figured out because he heard him sing "Singing in the Rain" in the bathtub, so he figured out that he was the guy that had raped his wife. And so it's this really intense scene. He serves him wine. He's eating spaghetti. And he has his friends come over who ask him questions and kind of trying to get to the bottom of all this. And he's got his bodybuilder um, guy with him. His kind of nurse kind of guy. His nurse kind of guy who's a bodybuilder. So it's this intense scene and Malcolm McDowell doesn't know whether to trust it or not. He's kind of inspecting the wine. And he ends up like, you know, there was something in his wine and he passes out and falls face flat into uh, the spaghetti. I forgot about that scene. Yeah. And then... This is, I just wanted to bring these up because we'll never get the chance to talk about them. But there's some great, great dinner scene tables and TV. And I yes. just want to give us some honorable mentions. Dexter, if you've ever watched Dexter, the best season of Dexter is the Trinity Killer season. And the dinner scene so good. with the Trinity Killer is one of the best scenes in television, period. Have I you agree. watched Dexter? Uh, the first couple seasons. Okay, well, John Lithgow plays the Trinity Killer, definitely the most iconic character uh, besides Dexter in the series. And. He becomes unhinged with his family. Uh, he ends up breaking his son's finger, and Dexter kind of protects the family. But it is a crazy intense scene. It's an scene. intense scene. Uh, I also want to bring up the Breaking Bad scene where yes. Jesse finally comes he's over so to meet Skyler, and he's eating with Walter and Skyler, but they hate each other at this point. And it's like the, the lasagna, the or he it's makes like, a joke about the uh, frozen lasagna. Yeah, dinner. how it always looks better on the picture, and then when you make it, it's got like a scab, and it's like eating a scab. It's like just the super intense of- because Walter and and Skylar hate each other at this point, and Jesse. Like, he's trying to, like, break the friction with jokes, and nobody appreciates he's so, it. So, he compliments her on dinner, and she says that he bought it, like, she bought it from the grocery store. Yes. Like, it was just so, he, Aaron Paul's so awkward yeah. in that, and it's uh, so good. Game of Thrones, are some great dinner scenes, uh, a lot in Game of Thrones. Yeah. I just want to bring that up. Uh, I mean, you could even count Joffrey's. You mean, like, the Red Wedding? Yeah, the Red Wedding. It's <laughs> uh, a memorable the purple, scene. The Purple oh. Wedding. Oh, is that a uh, the, Joffrey's? Yeah, Joffrey's. Yeah. Uh, there's just so many. And, I didn't know that's what we were calling it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then Saturday Night Live, uh, I Drive a Dodge Stratus. <laughs> I <laughs> Drive a Dodge Stratus! Will Ferrell. <laughs> remember it? That is a good uh, dinner yeah. scene. I do now. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, that is our top five Oh, no, 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 no. I got a couple here that I oh. thought you were going to say, to be oh, honest okay, okay. Because there are a couple I just got to bring up. Okay, so like Elf, when he drinks the Coke and he belches I it. I thought about that, too. Oh, my too. gosh, that's right. Another Will Ferrell. Pours um, all the syrup on his spaghetti. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, isn't there one in, I mean, yeah, Beauty and the Beast, like the Disney yeah, cartoon. Yeah, I thought about like, that, Like, Be Our Guest. Yeah. That's oh, a whole yeah, big thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, pretty cool. Okay, Rushmore. Oh, are they? When they talk about the scrubs. That's right. Um, 
Back to the Future Two when they put the pizza I, in the microwave. I, thought about I that almost too. included that. I should, probably should have gone on my honorable mentions. Um, yeah, it should have gone on mine too. I actually said it a little while ago, and I just didn't get a chance to write it down. I didn't realize it, but Jaws has a great dinner scene where he kind of has a connection with his little boy uh, right after dinner, and they're just kind of like. The dad's a long day at work, and he's kind of like just got his hands in his face, and his boy starts to mock and mimic him uh, or whatever. And, he, right. and so he kind I of starts messing with the that. boy. Just I a never really would have cool, thought of that. Like little, I mean, that's great things about Jaws, where it like shows the humani- people, humanity, humanity of people. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how long it's been since you've seen this movie. I've only seen it once. The War of the Roses starring Michael Douglas oh, yeah. and, and, and Kathleen Turner. Turner. There yeah, are, it's a great movie. There are two dinner scenes in this that are great. One is where Michael Douglas comes in, spoils her dinner party with some guests, goes and pees in the food in the kitchen, <laughs> yeah. and she throws a pan at him, and then takes her Bronco and runs over his car. Yep. The second one I haven't watched that is ever. when... <laughs> he's trying to tell her that he still loves her and that he thinks they can make it work. He says, besides, nobody makes pate this good uh, oh, that I can't yeah. that I can't still be with. And Dude, she, go, and she just says, forever. that depends on what's in the, what, what the pate is made of. And she just goes, wolf. <laughs> and if you've seen the movie, you know what it is. Yeah. It's a messed up scene. Yeah, it is. Um, hey, another one. There's two more I just I ran across from last year. <laughs> It's just crazy. Okay, so Brooklyn, the the scene where she's having dinner with the Italian, with, with her boyfriend yeah. and the Italian family, really cool scene, really fun it exchange, is. especially with her especially and the little, little boy. Brother, yeah. And then also Inside Out, it introduces the parents' brains. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah. 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 So there's four from last year alone. Just from last just, year. It's just crazy how many great mm-hmm. dinner scenes there are. Yeah, The Incredibles has a great dinner scene. That's where you see like basically a fight amongst the kids with their special powers. Uh, also, and one I've always really kind of liked, uh, Antoine Fisher, Denzel Washington's first, yeah. you know, I think it's directorial debut. It was. Yeah. And, you know, Kid Had a Tough Life. And kind of the very in the movie where he kind of does finally find his family. They have this big feast for him, and that's right. And he meets yeah. his he meets his grandmother. I mean, just a really cool moment in that. That's it. Those are good choices. The, what <laughs> I love is we got to talk about a lot of movies this time that we never get to talk about. Yeah, you know, I've actually never seen this movie, but I came across it. I figured I might better bring it up, especially for if there's an older listener out there. Guess who's coming to dinner? Oh, yeah, 1967 with Spencer Spencer Tracy, Catherine Hepburn, Sidney Poitier. I've actually never seen it. Well, there's uh, you've probably seen the and remake. Honestly, Guess who? And all, no, <laughs> I, I mean, all the all the kind of scenes I saw, they weren't actually having dinner at any point. It was a lot of, you know, a lot of Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy dealing with the issue. Yeah. Which, you know, came out in 67. Yeah, so I mean... So it was, it was addressing was some, some, yeah, some topics. Yeah, that's uh, that was a huge deal at the time. Basically, Very, their white daughter brought home a black man who was a doctor. Yeah. Um, and she's her boyfriend. I think yeah. there's, there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah. But, um, you might know. I guess you've seen. Yeah, it. I've seen it. Yeah, that's that's that's, yeah. that's a really good choice. That should at least be brought up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do have dinner. So okay. <laughs> that is Pulp Fiction's top five favorite dinner scenes in a movie of all time. And uh, be sure to listen to us next week when we discuss something else. Yep, that's what we're <laughs> going to talk about. Thank you for listening to Pulp Fiction. <laughs>